Awesome. Thank you so much. So, and just a, a few other quick things just to update with you on is, uh, you know, we saw this year, oh, it's a good year. We could just coast from here. Ah, no, no, no. That's not how we roll around here. Time to go to the next level. And so, as you know, March uh, 3rd, we are launching our Saturday night second service here officially. So that'll be happening. There'll be more coming up as we go along with that. And really, I want to just lay a quick foundation to what this is all about. Why are we doing a Saturday night? Why not a Sunday morning? There's some natural means as to why, but... Really, the way the Lord put this on our heart is we are in now responding to what God is doing. We're not just doing church for the sake of doing church. We're actually, here it is, we're actually letting the Lord lead this. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But uh, what, it, what the Saturday night for is strategic in the fact that we are responding to what God is doing. And Saturday night, you are reaching an entire different crowd. Right? You, I mean, you got your, if, you had sect, if you had two Sunday morning services, you, you get your Sunday morning crowd. And actually from just some of the reports that we've heard is people have a hard time in inviting their non-Christian friends or whatever to a church on a Sunday morning because it's a churchy time to go. Well, Saturday night, not so much. It's a completely different way of doing church. And so, I mean, it's going to be the same service. It's just at a different time and a little bit of a different atmosphere. So we're excited to launch that. We're in the preparation stages for that. that for that. So that'll kick off uh, March the 3rd, 2018. So coming on a Saturday night near you, we'll be having that as well. Uh, with that then, we're also going to be, uh, we have a little a project, 2018 second service project that we're launching. And what that is, is to really to upgrade our sound in the sanctuary here, also in the Connect Lounge um, and really what we want to do is we need a little bit of an upgrade on our speakers, on our sound systems. I don't know if you've heard it every once in a while, but we get a little cutout or a little bit of a bang feedback. And really we thought that would be cute for a little while, but it kind of gets old. So uh, I know it makes an impact, but it's the impact at the wrong time. And this is the one thing, one thing that we never want is when the Spirit of God starts to move and when He's speaking through someone and the speaker cuts out, that's not good. And so that's just a natural means that we want to take care of. So our goal for this is $10,000. What that will do, it will, it will take over, uh, it'll put new speakers here. One of the problems that we do have is because the speakers are behind the musicians. I don't know if you noticed that, but Aaron's here, but the speaker is still in front of her. So that's why we get a lot of feedback. So it'll take care of here. We'll get a nicer sound in here. But then also in the Connect Lounge, which we use for youth, we use for Kids Night Out, we use for our, some of our Connect groups as well. That'll be taken care of in the back there as well. So that's what that $10,000 is going towards. So if you're like, hey, I'll do it all in one shot, thank you. We greatly appreciate that. And that'll take care of all that work, and then we'll be good to go from there. Because uh, we did the lighting in last May. That's been awesome. So we're just getting a little bit more equipment also for, to be on, uh, on the web pages, on the Internet, more and more filming, more and more doing things like that. So that's part of the reason why we want to get some good sound as well. So that live stream, they get the same experience as they do live as well. So thank you in advance for, for that. If, you're, if you'd like to give to that, you can just go Project uh, Second Service and just throw the 10000 bucks in there. That'd be great. Well, we know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. So, hey, I mean, honestly, what's 10000 bucks? It's nothing. So, so thank you in advance. Um, now we're going we're gonna to kick off into Grow Up. <laughs> On that note, Grow Up. <laughs> Uh, man, it's, 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 I'm, I'm excited for this series because, uh, can I just tell you a few expectations that I have for this series? Okay, I'm going to just tell you the expectations. and that I'm, Really, this series, I'm preaching to myself, and you're just hearing me talk to myself. And uh, so there's a few expectations that I believe the Lord just put on my heart. And number one is a new level of consecration to Jesus. Number one. Number two, a desire for the Word of God. Number three, a desire to be led by the Spirit of God. And lastly, a desire to be involved in what God is doing and having a kingdom mindset. I, I believe that with all my heart. So let me encourage you, don't just let this be a cute sermon that you've heard throughout your week amongst all the other ones. This is your home. Let this be what you feast on. Thank you, future sister-in-law. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're in, Shalina. You don't have to, you know. You know. <laughs> but... Uh, Man, let's go all in on this. We're, we're in this family, and I believe when the Lord, he, he shows us things, man, hook on to it. Like the word the Lord gave us for this year, for this season, is decontaminate. Right? And that's what we're focusing on. And I want to read that again to you. Decontaminate simply means to remove dangerous substances from an area. 
And the Lord, this is what the Lord spoke to us. He said, I am removing blockages and clutter through clarity of my word and a yielding to my Holy Spirit so that you can walk closely with me. Listen, in these last days, we don't need just cute sermons. We don't need just social gatherings. We need Jesus. We need the manifest presence of God. We need to experience him. And that's what this place is all about. Not just having another Sunday to do something because I don't know what else to do Sunday morning. No, we're here on a purpose. Right? And that's what we're all about here. So that's what we're expecting here. I'm expecting that the moment I come up here, Jesus, let them not see me. Let them see you. Let them hear you. And I'm thankful that you're not limited to what I say or what I don't say. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. He is the teacher. He is the ultimate one. So as we do all this, let's just yield to Him. Look to Him. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And let's get decontaminated. Awesome. All right. Okay. Here we go. So, in Grow Up, and I, I just asked myself this question, why grow up? And there's four things that I, I want to just lay out. Number one, growing up is the plan of God. Now, I know this sounds so simple, but I want you to think of it. Even in the natural, you see children, adults, people. People grow up naturally. Right? I mean, this is a great time. I have a little baby at home. She's a baby. I mean, she's a nine-pound baby, but she's a baby. <laughs> So yeah, oh, I didn't mention that little piece of advice. Yeah, she's nine pounds. So, so what happens when you're two weeks past your due date, girlfriend? Like that's there she is, and uh, but man, she is another. But the plan of God, naturally speaking, is her to go from okay nine pounds, and we're going to grow, we're going to grow until she becomes adult to senior. Like that's the natural progression of life. Yeah. Well, same in the spiritual life. There, when you get born again, you become a spiritual baby. Now, what do babies have? Spiritually speaking, they got a lot of zeal, right? They're excited. Yeah. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just kind of jumping ahead myself about four weeks, and I'll come back to this in four weeks or so, but what do babies always, or young ones, what do they always think they are? They always think that they're older than they are, right? I mean, even Jace the other day is telling me, ah, Papa, I'm almost an adult, you know. <laughs> yeah, close. And he's like, Papa, I'm almost eight. Well, yeah. You're halfway to eight, son. Let's just, you know, let's get through four and a half. Let's get through five. Let's work through six. Get through seven. Yeah, then you'll be eight, right? But right away, the first mindset of a, of a young one is, I'm an adult. I'm older than I am. I, they, they think that this way. In the spiritual realm, it's the same way. You get a spiritual baby, they think they're giants. And that's wonderful, but there's a lot of zeal, but no knowledge. So, right, and that's where we're, we're going to work through this whole process. So I want you just to identify yourself. Do you see yourself as a toddler? Or as a baby, as a toddler, as a youth, as an adult, as an elder. Listen, no matter where you are, it's fantastic. Right? I mean, if you just got born again, if you just accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you is a baby. The problem now is, if you are a baby in an 85-year-old body, we're going to have to grow up a little bit. Right? The whole plan of God is that we grow up. Now, how do you grow up naturally? You eat, you exercise. How do you grow up spiritually? You eat, you exercise. It's the same way. Same way. So number one, why grow up? Because it is the plan of God for your life. Aren't you thankful? That, yeah, you get born again. God doesn't just want you to stay. Okay, now that you're a baby, you're just going to stay spiritually a babe for the next 50 years. No, his plan for you is to grow up. Look at your neighbor. Say, grow up. And then you look at your other name and say, no, you grow up. We're going we're gonna to have a lot of fun in this series. I, I know that. <laughs> number two, why grow up? So what's, what's number one? Very basic. It's the plan of God. Why grow up? Number two, because God is advancing his kingdom by building the church and babies can't build the church. Babies can't build the church. Look at it even through the natural. What is my daughter doing now? Nothing. She eats, sleeps, wakes us up, poops. That's the cycle. <laughs> Spiritual babes, what do they need? They need a lot of attention, a lot of time. And that's, listen, if you're in that place, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. If you just received Jesus Christ, woo, we are rejoicing with you. Now it gets gooder from there. Right now you get to grow. Now you get a man, all of a sudden clarity starts coming. You start to see things in a different light. But let me encourage you, don't just stay there. Right? 
But listen, we want to grow up. So what is God doing? God is building. He has a plan, and it's to build the church. He's advancing his kingdom, and God can't use babies to build anything. They're saved, but he can't use them quite yet because they're babies. What would happen if God used a baby to start, all right, baby, I want you to right away get involved in your pastoring a church. Uh, I feel bad for that baby. Right? So there's a lot of growing. There's a lot of maturing. There's a lot of development that has to take place yet. So number one is, it's the plan of God. Number two, because God is building his church. Why grow up? Because God is building his church. God's doing that. Number three, God paid a huge price to purchase us back to be in his kingdom. And the best thing that I can do is to be now a fruitful kingdom builder. Look at it from a business perspective. If you were to invest in a, some kind of company, some kind of organization, you would want to see a return from the investment that you put in. Correct? Anybody got mutual funds or something like that? I got some mutual funds. I put money in every month. I expect that thing to do good. If it doesn't do good, what am I going to do? Pull out. I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go in something else. Well, God, look at it from this perspective. God invested in the world. With what? Jesus. He gave Jesus. And so what I want to make sure that my life is going to be is going to be fruitful for him because he may paid a huge investment to purchase me back. Now, a lot of times we think, and not, not, not nobody here, but in other places... Kind of have this mindset, oh, church is, you know, that's just my Sunday activity. This is just what I do. Church is just something I do rather than it being who they are. Right? I didn't get purchased so I could just now have, you know, fire insurance. I miss hell and I can just live however I want. No, he purchased me back for a purpose. So I want to be fruitful. And, you know, I just, I think it's a really good point just to insert this here. Is that a lot of times, even in the world, we have this, they've kind of brought this whole thing that to live a successful life is what everybody's after. God never told you and I to be successful. He said, be fruitful. What's the difference? Obedience is the big one. Whatever he's telling you to do, it may go contrary to what you think or what you even want, but he's looking for fruitfulness. Right? And if we're fruitful, no matter what, you will be successful. Because what happens, I find, is, I mean, I'm guilty of this my own self, but living in North America, we have it pretty good. We have some good stuff here. And what, it, what do we try to use our faith for? We want faith for more stuff. If I can just have this, I want that. Instead of growing up on the inside, all that stuff will just be added to me. It's kind of how it works. A lot of times we are wanting things that we are even we can't even handle at our, at our age. Yet we want it. Okay, God, we want it. You have it. You don't even know what to properly do with it. Money being a prime example. Pastor John talked on that last week. and It was fantastic. Man, just sharing about the whole purpose of what money is really for. If money, like if you got a million dollars, what would you do with it? Oh, I don't know, it just be really nice to have. That's the problem. We, everything has to have a purpose. Everything has to have a mission, a vision for it. Right? So what do we want to do? We want to grow on the inside so that when, yeah, we have the vision for it, so God's able, easily able to get it to us and then through us. Yeah. Right? That's what this thing's all about. So say grow up. Grow up. So number one, what? Grow up. Plan of God. Number two, he's building his church. Number three, fruitfulness. It's an investment. And lastly, number four, I just think this is awesome. Why grow up is because you are a possessor or an heir of everything that God has. You're an heir. You're an heir. Everything that God has, everything that Jesus has, it belongs to you. And I want to just show you a few scriptures on this just to lay this foundation. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 32... And I have it in the New Living there. This is right after Jesus is talking to all of his disciples about, man, why worry about your life? And he's kind of explaining all this. And at the very end of this whole thing, he says, Don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. <laughs> to give you the kingdom. I'm going to read you two other translations from the Message Bible. It says, The father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. And in the Passion Translation, it says, Don't be afraid, dearest friends. Your love, loving Father joyously gives you His kingdom realm with all of its promises. <laughs> so what are you a possessor of? All. Everything that, he that heaven has to offer, it belongs to you. How? By grace. How do you access it? Through faith. 
But a lot of the big problem is, how come I'm not seeing some of this stuff? If I'm, a, if I'm an heir of God, how come I'm not seeing it in my life? Maybe you haven't grown up quite yet. And I want to show you where this all lies. I'll go, go to Luke chapter 15 for a moment. We know this to be the prodigal son. But I want to just show you that you currently are an heir of everything that God has. You have it all. Say, I got it all. You, need, you, you, got, you want the power? God says, I give you the power. I give you the Holy Spirit. You want healing in your physical body? Guess what? You already got it. You want to live in the blessing of God? Guess what? You already got it. You want to live in the peace of God, the joy of God, the blessing of God? Listen, you already got it. Jesus came and purchased it for you and I on the cross. He died already with the curse so that we could be blessed. So those who call on Jesus shall be saved. You want protection? Guess what? You got it. Everything that pertains to life and godliness in this life, you already possess it. That's the Second Peter 1 chapter 3 tells us. Everything that appears in life and godliness, you are a possessor of it. So how come I'm not seeing it? It's because you haven't grown up yet. That's all it is. So what's the problem? It's just a growing up. Now it's time just for me to grow up and see what I actually own and possess. Because we know, okay, I'm blessed by God. I'm healed by God. I, if you just know it mentally, you don't actually own it. What you see, you possess. If you don't see it, you can't access it. And all that is is just growing up. You see things. Grown up see things differently than kids do. Right? Okay. Well, I want you just to look at this. This is the prodigal son, and we're not going to talk about the, the boy that ran away. But you know, all know the story. The boy ran away, took half of the father's inheritance. He ran and he spent all of his money on riotous living, did his own thing, had his own parties and all that kind of stuff. And he came back and you know that, and the father accepted and welcomed him back. You're forgiven, come back on in. And there was, woo, party. Then I want to talk about the older brother. Because the younger brother, he sinned naturally. The older brother had issues internally. And so that's what we want to discuss a little bit. So in verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. So now listen, they're having a party. Can you hear the music? And they got all these things going on and people are jumping and woo, yeah. Party, the calf has been slaughtered. There's a barbecue and it's just delicious. Meanwhile, the older son is in the fields working. This ain't going to be pretty, y'all. This is not going to go good. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was so excited and so thrilled that his younger brother, who was so stupid before, has come back, and now they're... Oh, no, sorry. The older brother was angry... And look at this, and wouldn't go in. <laughs> His father came out. Now notice this, this is the mercy of God, the kindness of God. A stubborn boy, I'm not going in there. Father coming out and begged him to come back in. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. Now that's great. That's awesome. That's, that's great that he did all that. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, doesn't even call him his brother, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. The father's response, his father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. We had, this is the father still. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he was found. So I want you just to see the, the attitude, the hard attitude in all this. For number one, I mean, the problem a lot of times in your walk is not necessarily this. It's this. Did you know that you can be thinking that you're older than you are because this is going well, but where actually your age comes about is here. That shows where people are really at. I mean, I, you can talk to God and it, it can be great, but this is where the issue is, is here. So this is where a lot of the growing up comes pl in place is because we work with one another 24-7. We see each other throughout our weeks. That's what we got to work on. That's what we're growing up in. Because the ultimate highest level of growing up is this, Ephesians chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to tell you, we'll get there later. 
I believe it's verse 17, speaking the truth in love. That is the highest form of living that you can attain, that you can live in, is speaking the truth in love so that we all may grow up, all parts growing up, right? It's not just speaking truth. Truth without love can be abuse. But if you just got love and no truth, you're a, you're a flippy floppy, you're useless. It's just, that's not love, right? You're protecting your own butt so that people will like you. How do I know that I've, I've been involved in that and I'm still working through it, <laughs> right? It's speaking the truth in love, right? That's how we grow up. So I don't, again, just going back to this whole air thing, why grow up is because you are an heir. Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 says this, and since we are his children, you know what, let me just actually read another verse here for that. Romans chapter 8, look at verse, um, look at verse 14, I guess. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are his heirs of God's glory. And if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Woo! Praise the Lord. We'll get to that later. But here's the part. We are now, since we are children, we are his heirs. The Bible actually says in other translations, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I know you've heard that many times, being if you've been in church very long. We're a joint heir of Jesus. Everybody goes, ha! Yeah, it's exciting. But are you partaking in that heirdom? Are you receiving it? Are you experiencing it in your life? Because I'm an heir right now. Jesus already died to make sure that that Old Testament is all complete and I get all the blessings of Abraham. I get all the blessings plus all the ones that the Father wanted to give me as his kid. I got them all. So are you experiencing it? This is why people sometimes are frustrated in church. Yeah, we talk about this stuff. We see all this stuff. But how come I'm not seeing it? It's because there's two sides to every coin. There's the, the promise side. There's the, the reality, the truth side, what God's done. But then there's also your part. Right? We can celebrate about the goodness of God. We can rejoice about hearing his promises. People go, yeah, that's so good. But what I want to talk about growing up is you're in my part. There's still another side to this. We've received so much from him, from his grace, and that is always going to be there. But now there's our part where we have to grow up to partake of those promises. We got to. Right? And here's the, here I want to prove it to you. Galatians chapter 4. We're gonna, I want to show you this because this is huge. And this is talking about the law moving into now, the working in the law, the, the law, the works of the law, now going into faith in Jesus. He talks about this. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have everything, but they're not able to partake in it why? Because they're children. They're not, they haven't grown up yet. So the result is the children actually looks no different than an angel or than a slave. And think of it even in the kingdom of God. Well, we're the children of God, but until we grow up, we have all the rights, all the privileges. But a lot of times people put more emphasis on angels. Oh, angels are amazing. They, they can do this, that. You're an heir of God. You're a child of God. You are just like Jesus. Meanwhile, people kind of look at this thing as, oh, angels are all this. And you know what that shows me? It shows me that they are still children. They're no different than a slave. What are angels in the kingdom of God? They're slaves to those that are called to righteousness. They work for me. They're supposed to work for you. But meanwhile, if we don't grow up, we, have just, we, we don't operate as children. We operate as slaves in the kingdom of God. So we got to grow up. Say grow up. Grow up. Glad you're excited about that. <laughs> grow up. I'll keep reading. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts 
prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now we are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Experiencing that air, that's what we want. That's what this whole thing is all about, is you moving out of just the, oh, I'm a Christian, this is what God's done for me, this is so wonderful, I hope I can see it someday, to now growing up and expecting to see it. When you grow up, there's just certain expectations you have. I expect, now I can drive. I expect, there's certain things that I expect, not, not entitlement, there's expectations that I have because I know who I am, I know my rights, I know what he did for me. So what do I do? I take it. I take hold of it. Babies can't because they don't know it yet. That's okay. That's why you're here. So we want to grow up together. We're all, we're all on the same page. We're good here. I'm just laying a foundation for how good it's going to get later on. Okay. Now, why grow up? This is all, this is all good, but I want to explain God's view for mankind. Because some people can have this understanding. Well, who are we? What, we're, just, we're just men. We're just women. We're just people. Yeah, not in God's eyes. Well, what's God's point? What's his purpose for creating you? Why are you here? Ready? Okay. Psalm chapter 8. You can turn there in your Bible. It'd probably be better if you just read it in your Bible. Read those words out for yourself. Get it in there. But I'm going to just read the whole psalm. It's about nine verses. So it says this. O Lord, our, our Lord, your majestic names fill all the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies. I just, I love this part. God uses the mouth of babes to silence the enemy. So you may be a baby, you may just be born in the kingdom of God, but right here it shows that you have more power than any kind of darkness that could be around you. How? Through praise. You can lift your voice and you can lift your hands and actually to some degree not have really an idea of what you're doing other than, oh, Lord Jesus, I want to praise you. What happens? You actually silence the enemy. You quiet him. And at the same time, other translations say you've ordained strength. Woo! Listen, there's being a baby in the kingdom of God. Do you got some good things for you? Woo! Man, you experienced a lot of goodness. What I'm trying to showcase is, is there more. That's all I'm trying to say. Silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. <clears throat> now, this is an angel speaking. He says, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Like, you got this universe, you got this galaxy, you put all the stars in place, you know them by name, you put the moon, you slung the galaxies, the, from the very voice comes all this amazingness, yet... What is a mere man that you're mindful of him? I just think about this, that you should think about him. Human beings that you should care for them. So this angel is really pointing out that God is thinking about us and he's caring about us. Then he goes on to say, yet you made them only a little lower than God. What is it? What is it? What's a human being? You made human beings a little lower than God. What does your Bible say? It says angels. If you look in your cross-reference, it means Elohim. Who's Elohim? God himself. What did God do? He made us a little lower than himself. Wow. <laughs> and then what did he do? He crowned us with glory and with honor. And then look what he said. You gave them charge of everything you made. So let me ask you this. Is God in control? No. Who's in control? The human race. We are. God views, this is what he did for mankind. God didn't want to come into this, create you and I so that he can dominate man, show him how powerful he was. Hey, Adam, take a look at this. Ugh, zap. Like, no, that's not a dad. That's not who he is. What did he do? He came to show us, first of all, his kindness, his love that he has for us. Then he said, I want you to be an under ruler. He says, you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds, and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims with the ocean currents. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic your name fills all the earth. Now, Genesis chapter 1, I want you to see this. What is man? Because if you think about it, if you look at Jesus and how he lived his life, people, they would come to him, the disciples would come running up to him, surprised to see that when the disciples went out and spoke in Jesus' name, that evil spirits came out of people. 
People go, were healed from their, from their ailments and their diseases. And Jesus said, you shouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. But you should be thankful that your name's written in the book of life. Yeah. So what we got excited about yeah. is the norm. So we're saying, oh, that just took place, man. That miracle just took place. And Jesus goes, what? That's just normal for you. Jesus is an example for us. He's an example of us. He came not to show us, oh, you know, this is is how God operates. No, he came to show us who you are. What did he do? He walked. He talked. He operated as God in this earth. Who are you? We walk and we talk as God on this earth. We are Christians. That's who we are. That's what we do. So every time that you see me, you should be able to see him. That's the whole point. Jesus, people kind of look, oh, if we can just attain there. No, no, no. The Bible says, as he is, so are we now. What do we got to do? Grow up. What separates you from Jesus? Jesus is developed. What are we? We're just getting up to that place. I'm going to show you that. But this is, I want you to, again, just to look at, this is God's view of mankind. God said in Genesis chapter 1, you got to go back to where it all started said, let us make human beings in what? Our image. To be like us. They will reign. Just say that. They will reign. Oh, man, say it like you mean it, sister. They will reign. Why does your life suck? It's because you're not reigning. You owe the bank. You owe the bank stuff. You owe your boss stuff. You owe your friend stuff. You have no dominion. You got no reigning in life. That's why people's life suck, because your life is designed to reign. That's the point of it. That's why God created you, not so that He could reign over you. It's so that you could reign over things here. He gave us that. <laughs> it says they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, I want to just quick, uh, make a quick point in there. If you go back there for a sec. Everything on that list, what do they all have in common? Except for fish. <laughs> they all have four legs. Or two legs. Or they fly or they swim. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing some blood. That's why I'm not really good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what that point is, is... We were never designed to reign over human beings. Never do you see that in there? You don't see anything in that? We're supposed to reign over the animal kingdom, over creation itself, over everything in it. So the earth, we don't serve the earth. The earth serves us. Something I want to say here, Lord, do I say that? There's no such thing as global warming. People can spend all they want on that. Right here, God is absolutely, He is going to take care of this place until He comes back. Driving a truck isn't going to wreck the atmosphere. I'm I'm not saying that politically. I'm saying that in all honesty, the way that God created this. Talk all the politics you want right here. This is where we got it all messed up. That animal rights have more than human rights. Garbage. Absolute garbage. And people talk about being the wisdom of men. According to the Bible, that's foolishness. No person is supposed to reign over their wife. It's not even a racial thing. It's not the whites and blacks, the Chinese, Hispanics. It's people are people all designed to reign over this earth. So what do you see? You see a lot of different kind of races. You see you got the female race, the male race. You got the females wanting to dominate the males. The males want to dominate the females. They're fighting with one another. Oh, let's just, you know, take care of global warming. No, 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 no. We're not supposed to be fighting with one another. We're all called to reign. What are we supposed to dominate? This. Anyways. I don't know this. I'm just so, it's, it's, when you hear such like, oh, let's just talk kind and be all church. No, 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 no. Talk Bible. This is what the Bible says. That's what it is. So God created human beings. In his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. <laughs> so if you're Muslim, it, that, you got you to go back to this. It, it says it right there. No male, female. That, that's in their Quran. <laughs> then God blessed them. Then what did he say? Be successful. Then what did he say? Be fruitful. And what? And multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. 
When's the last time you governed something? Do you know why giving, seeing Jamie give birth this past Thursday? It's because we took control of the situation. Why is this such a, oh, you know, it's just such a scary thing. And well, why is there, man, when you take government, you control, you take your reigning position that you have in Christ Jesus because you know who you are in him and who he is in you. It gives you this sense of, ah, I got this. Do you remember the last time you paid off your tr- last car payment you had? When you paid that, anybody remember that? What did you do? Ciao, bank. See you later. But it felt good. Why? It's because now you have dominion. This is my four-door truck. Maybe little and cute and something, but it's my truck. Everybody wants it. So how do we attain it? Grow up. All right. Fill the earth and govern it. Next word. Rain. We say rain. You all want it. Might as well say it. Nothing wrong with it. We're, he's created, we are created in His image. God reigns. That's what He does. So as God's child, what do I do? I'm supposed to reign. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now, what I love this, I remember hearing this story. Uh, this, this gentleman, he was actually a speaker that came here, uh, and he shared a testimony of a time he was actually swimming. Uh, he was deep sea diving in Australia, and uh, all of a sudden, he was just kind of swimming around, and, and in a far distance, he saw a huge fish. Like, it was gigantic, and he, he was pretty far underneath there. So, and he didn't know quite what it was, but all of a sudden, he saw it whip around. This thing started coming towards him, so he went down. There's probably about four or five others with him. He went down just to go grab his knife that was by his, sh- or by his ankle. As he was pulling it up, a great white shark bumped him from underneath as he picked up his knife, and all of a sudden, he turned around that fish, which was a great white, great white shark, he was surrounded by four or five great white sharks with four or five other people. And he said, the first thing that came in was panic. Oh, God, 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 oh, God. <laughs> but here's the thing. As, as he was just there, the Lord brought him back to this scripture. Rain over the fish in the sea. So he said, in my goggles, my thing, in the name of Jesus. You have no authority over me. I take command over you in Jesus' name. He has pictures of him with the shark. I saw him a mile on Lefevre. If mile on Lefevre, if I said his name, Lefevre. He used to be a rock star singer. And I was a Jesus preacher. Man, <laughs> so he said, I proved I had control over those sharks. That's what you have. Anyways, that's just for fun. <laughs> So what is God's view of mankind? To reign, to reign, to reign. He looks at you and goes, there's my child, there's one who's called to reign. You got to have that attitude. Not just, oh, you know, I'm just making it. No, if you got that making it attitude, you're going to get your butt kicked. It's time that we grow up. I'm here to reign. We are in this area. I don't believe that we're by accident in this area, the lowest income area in Red Deer. Who can change that? Those that reign. Who reigns? We do. How do we change it? Growing up. Growing up. It's not just sometimes just shouting things out there. No, we got to grow up on the inside so we can see the change around us take place. So what is God's desire for you in my life? As we just read, you see what, why God created us. But God's desire, and I love this, Matthew chapter 10, verse 24, 25. You doing okay? I'm just taking about 10 more minutes. I'll be done. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And you know, a disciple really is what? A student. Right? I mean, this is an Eastern book. And we got our kind of our Western mindset eyes on there, right? But what is a disciple is someone who learns after, who comes under the, the knowledge, the teaching of a master, right? You see a lot of that in Eastern culture. But here, Jesus is laying this out to his disciples. He says, students are not greater than their teacher. And slaves are not greater than their master's. But notice this, students are to be like their teacher. Jesus said, you're never going to be past me. You're not going to get past me. But here's what I'm calling you. You're going to be just like me. What did Jesus do on this earth? He healed the sick. He cleansed the leper. He raised the dead. (laughs) What did he do over all the circumstances? He was given five loaves and two fish. How am I going to feed that? He reigned over 
every circumstance and situation that he was in. So yeah, hey, he was testing his, hey, Philip, go ahead and why don't you feed everybody? What was his response? How are we going to do that? So what is Jesus calling us up to? Higher. Higher. Grow up. See, I mean, it'd be stupid if, if you know, Jesus asked Philip, hey, Philip, go feed everybody. And at the same time, Jesus goes, I have no idea how we're going to do this. He already knew. Why? Because he knew he reigned. So, but I love this. So students are to be like their teachers. And that's, but we'll just stop reading it there. But you are to be just like Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30, it says, God choosing us, having chosen them, I believe it starts off with. You guys there? Do you see it? Okay. God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. So what's God's desire for you? Is you be just like Jesus. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm just giving you lots of scriptures here just to back my point. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21. This is, the, this is the prayer that Paul prayed. He said, when I think of all this, the plan of God and what he's doing, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made, what? Complete. With all the fullness of life and power that comes from God, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. What's his desire for you? That you be complete. Other translations say perfect, mature. Don't let those words throw you. I mean, don't let those words even just, don't blink when you read it. Read those words. He wants me to be mature. He wants me to be perfected. He wants me to be everything that Jesus is. That's his desire. So where you are at, does it look like Jesus? Maybe not yet, but guess what? We are going in that direction. What are we going to do after this whole thing? We're going to reign with him. We got to learn how to reign down here, y'all. We got to. If we don't learn it here, we got to learn it over there. And I don't want to waste time learning it over there when I can learn it here. Because it's just fun. We got devils here. We can kick some booty around here. <laughs> right? Do you think the devil likes seeing these coats being gent away? He hates it. Why? Because there's, no, there's more to it than just a coat. It's Jesus all over it. What do we need? Grown-ups. So, lastly, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, this is the last scripture just to prove my point, and I love this from the voice translation. It says, we are preaching Him, spreading the word to all with equal amounts. Now, I, just, I, I want you to hear this. We are preaching Jesus, spreading the word to all with equal amounts of wise warning and instruction. So that at the final judgment, we will be able to present everyone to the creator fully mature because of what Jesus, the anointed, our liberating king has done. Now, I want to start using the Bible for what it's for. What's the Bible for? Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it very clearly lays out what the word of God is for, what the word does. You want to just turn there for a quick second? I want you just to see that and we'll stop there. Because does the word of God encourage? Yeah. Does the word of God strengthen? But what else does the word of God do? Because here, here's the thing. I mean, not, not, not here, but in, uh, I believe it's 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says, in these last days, people will actually turn away from wholesome teaching, having itching ears. You know what itching ears are? People want to hear what they want to hear. If it's not comfortable, if it's not good, if it doesn't make me feel nice and cozy, I don't want it. The Bible's the wrong book for you. <laughs> what you can do is you can pull a lot of cute stuff from this thing and get some nice stuff out of it. 
But what the Word of God also is for, not just encouraging, strengthening, I mean building up, edifying, that's what the Bible is there for. It's to show light, to reveal light. The Word of God isn't just pages, it's Jesus Himself. So yeah, you got one side of Jesus who is kind. He wants to show the goodness of God, the love of God, the peace of God, and everything that God has. That is all absolutely true. But on the same amount as much as it is on that amazing side, on the other amazing side, you have warning and you have instruction. You, you need both. Because if you just have warning and instruction, you're just a religious zealot and you're just harsh, 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 harsh. And 1 Corinthians 8 tells us that the letter kills you can actually become so knowledgeable of this thing in a bad way, not having the Spirit of God with it, that you can actually condemn and hurt people with this book. You see it all the time. Religion, what do they do? They condemn folk with this word. And it's supposed to be life-giving. But on the other end, if you just kind of go, oh, it's just tutti-frutti, it's just a whole fruit loop in a book. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. What do you get? You get a lot of sassy, wimpy, deadbeat Christians. And God's trying to build a church, and he can't. He can't do it on either ditch. These guys over here are just too harsh. There's no love coming out of their mouth. Meanwhile, these guys are all love, and there's no truth. So whatever happens, happens. Everybody's just saved. And on this side, nobody's saved. It, you got like two ditches. So what does the Bible tell us? Stay in the middle. Hand on love, hand on truth. And with that, we walk and we live this life. Right? <laughs> cool. <clears throat> so you were, where are you? Where am I closing? <laughs> Sorry, what? Second Timothy 3. Okay, right. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This is, again, what the scripture is for. So instruction and warning. Warning is a good thing. Anybody ever get warned before? As a kid, how many times did you get warned? Lord, I could show you my backside from the mornings that I didn't take seriously. All right. <laughs> Verse 16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. Oh, you have it? Thanks, Dave. Or Scotty, thank you. <clears throat> to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So what does the Bible do? It's going to show you what's wrong in your life. But that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Right? You, you want that. <laughs> it corrects us when we are wrong. Okay. It corrects us when we are wrong. Are you wrong? Have there been times where you're wrong? No, surely not. Yeah, yeah. There's been times when you're wrong. So what does the Word of God do? It corrects us. Now listen... This is, I mean, we're going to, maybe we'll get into that next week, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 talks about this, the discipline of the Lord. Yeah. Now listen, we have the joy of the Lord. It's fantastic. We, we love that part of it, but just as much, you got to crave the discipline. Yeah. You got to want it. You got to want those spiritual spankings where he, where he corrects you. Listen, when he corrects you, it's not because he's angry at you. It's because he wants you to be like Jesus. Right. There's more for you. If you haven't been corrected in a long time, and everything for you is just on the other side where you're just looking for an encouraging word, let me encourage, let me encourage you with this. <laughs> Sometimes your encouraging will come after you've been disciplined. After I've gotten spanked, all of a sudden I started changing and operating the way that I should be operating. What happens? I get praised for it. But what did I need first? I needed a spanking. Now, God, how does, he, how does God correct us? He uses His Word. Does He use sickness and disease? No. Does He use anything dark? No. He doesn't know how. Does He tempt you with evil? He doesn't know how. He's a good, good Father. It's who He is. Right? The song said it, so surely it must be right. Okay. All Scripture is inspired by God to, uh, to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Not your spouse's wife, in your life. <laughs> How do I know about that? Okay. <laughs> it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God, now I love this, God uses it, his word, to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. What are these good works? 
It's the miraculous works that Jesus did. It's doing all those works that Jesus said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. It's all of these works plus. How come we're not seeing it? We have to grow up. We have to. Because listen, you can pray for it all you want. You can beg God. God, just, I want you to use me doing all these things. Listen, if he used you in your current state, it would hurt you and the other individual. He loves you. Listen, his eyes are on you, not on the work. His eyes are fixed on you. So what does he want to do? He wants to work with you. <coughs> Listen, when I mess up in my own personal life, and I do think, oh, shoot, I messed up. I shouldn't have acted that way. You know what never suffers, which is amazing to me? Me standing right behind here. Yeah. Why? It's because he loves his people too much. But here's the thing. What, what, when I do get corrected, every time I come here, I know that God is going to come through because why? He loves his people. But I, in my own, when, I, when I messed up, when I didn't do things the way that I should have done, in my own personal life, he corrects me. Does it hurt? Oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Because I want to please him. And that's all that it is. He's a loving father. And at the same time, I don't take what I didn't do or should have done a little differently. I don't bring that here. <laughs> oh, dear God. Guys, I just messed up. And this is <laughs> no, because he's a good father. So what does he do? He forgives. All right, Joel, hey, this is the way you got to do it next time. Let's fix this. Okay, now I want you to operate this way. Okay, great. So now I live with no guilt, no condemnation. Why? Because that's not who my father is. So when, and when he corrects you, just kind of go, ah, missed it. Okay, Lord, that's what it means to repent, is to change the way that I think about a situation. I'm going to start thinking like God now. Okay, got it. Okay, I'm going to start operating that way. Lord, with your grace, I'm able to do this. Help me with this. And so now he'll teach you. So I'm, I'm just laying a quick foundation just for all of this because this is just the very tip of what we're going to get into. Cool? All right, let's all stand up. <clears throat> and I, what I love about this too is just the fact that I, why is God bringing this up to us? And I remember he said this a little while ago to us that he's growing us up quickly. I believe that with all my heart. There's going to be some exponential growth in you. 2018 is our year for decontaminate things in our life that he wants out so that we can have a closer intimacy with him. I don't know about you, but I want Jesus. I want him. Because when I got him, guess what? I got everything else. Man, he's good. Where are we heading this year? We're going to look more like Jesus this year. Think about that for a moment. You may be going, oh man, my... My, you know, my love walk's a bit off. I, you know, I'm quick to get angry. Listen, let this be this goal. Let God work in you. It's not about you trying to be nicer. It's an inner working, him working on the inside of you, him showing you. This is what I love about what the scriptures say. Ephesians 5 tells us to imitate God as dear children. We're never just supposed to do something without first seeing it. Same way with your kids. How do, why do they act the way that they act? Is because they see you do it. They don't have it. There's nothing new. They, they haven't just thought of it on their own. They react or respond to what they've seen. Your father is the same way when it comes to spiritual matters. He's not telling you to forgive or to let go or to walk in love for the sake of it. He says, watch how I do it, then you do it. Remember how I forgave you? Remember all this? Now you can do that exact same thing with someone else. Right? You see that? We're all in this thing together. But before we move on, I want to make sure we want to birth some new kids. I'm in that mood at the moment, so let's just...